Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. It's always a privilege to get the opportunity to preach. Some think maybe it's just like riding a bicycle. You don't forget. Well, you don't forget, but you get a little rusty. When you don't, you've been, you had years of preaching three or four times a week, then you go to try to do it again at every, every three or four months, then it's a little different, I found. Maybe not to some, but it is to me. I'd like to have you turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, 19. You really got to have a kind of a summary of 18 to know what 19 is all about. And uh, the title of the sermon is, It's Always Too Soon to Quit. Seems like a good title for the new year. We're about to advance on 2022. Who would ever, some me, who would ever thought it? <laughs> but God is good. God is gracious. And I believe uh, my heart beat is in his hands. And so we want to be around here as long as he wants us. In 1 Kings chapter 8, I want to kind of summarize this. We have an evil king named Ahab, his wife Jezebel. And God has brought judgment upon Israel because of the sin of Israel. It hasn't rained for about three and a half years. And we come down to... Uh, chapter 18, we find out that uh, Ahab and Elijah are fixing to get together. He's been searching for Elijah for all these years and hadn't been able to find him. God's had him hid. God's provided and protected and took care of Elijah. You know, God can provide and protect and take care of us. Amen? I can identify with that because I know he has with me. Uh, he's been so good to me. We find in chapter 18, verse 17, it says, It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to, get, gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together into Mount Carmel. We're fixing to have a contest between the God and the devil. Who's going to win? God. There is no contest. Amen. We find out here that Elijah says unto the people and said, how, halt, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. I kind of must have been some Baptist in there, you know. No amens? Amen? All right. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the, of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for the, themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it 
on wood and put no fire under it. It didn't want no deception here. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And call ye upon the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of, of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all that the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Contest. And so the prophets of Baal got them together and built them an altar. They put wood on the altar. They cut up the sacrifice and put it on the altar. They called out to their gods, and they asked their gods to set that thing on fire. They worked all morning long trying to get something out of their gods. You know why they couldn't get nothing out of their gods? Because their gods have no ears. Their gods have no eyes. Their gods have no mouth. It's not a living God. See, our God is a true God, almighty God. Amen? He hears us. He knows where we are. He knew exactly where Elijah was. Elijah even began to make fun of them. He began to mock them. He said, where's your God? Is he on vacation? Huh? Is he asleep? Well, he must have been. It goes on to say that Elijah then put together and repaired an altar that was already there, an altar of the Lord. Sometimes in our homes we need to put together our altars again. We let them go. We're not praying like we should be. We're not reading our Bibles like we should be. We're not spending time with our children like we should. We have to, I don't know how many times I had to rekindle that fire, redo that altar when I was raising my boys and my girl. It's not easy. But anyway, Elijah did it. He rebuilt the altar. He put the wood on the altar. But he did something a little different. So he not only didn't put fire under it to try to deceive nobody, he had it soaked with water. He filled up the barrels, four barrels with water, three times and put it on the altar and, filled, and drenched the altar and soaked the altar and, so, and filled up the ditch. How many of y'all ever tried to barbecue with wet wood? You know, it don't work very well, does it? No, it don't. Well, it, it's going to work good this time. Amen? So he got it all ready, and I'm sure these prophets of Baal are saying, this is going to be funny. This ain't going to work. Well, let's see. Look at verse 36. And to come to pass at the time of the offering of the eating sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that, that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. I mean, as dry as West Texas. Amen. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I would have too. Amen. God was good. It didn't and, and the thing is, Elijah didn't have to spend all, after, all morning or all afternoon praying. He just prayed to God. He believed. Amen? See, it doesn't really matter all the time whether your prayer is long or short. 
God's going to hear your prayer. Amen? Well, we see that he got a great victory. Amen? And then Elijah said unto them, Take that prophet to Baal, and let not one of them escape. And they took the prophets of Baal, and they, they killed them all. And, and it says there in verse 41, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. He, went to, he had his servant go to the top of the mountain seven times and look toward the sea. Every time asking, Do you see a cloud? Do you see rain? Finally, the seventh time, he says, I see a little cloud. Well, you know here in Texas and Oklahoma area, it don't take, take very long for a little cloud sometimes to become a big cloud. Amen? And so it didn't take very long, and there was abundance of rain. Verse 44 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there is ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stopped thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black, black and the clouds and the wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before the Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I read all that, Lord, to get an anchor on what we're about to read next. What we're about to see next. Lord, it's too soon to quit. We haven't heard the trumpet yet, but we're listening. And I ask, dear Lord, tonight that you touch our hearts. Let us get out of this sermon, Lord, what we all need. That you are real, you are near, and you may be known. And you care about us, and you care about your church. Lord, bless this sermon, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we read all that just as an introduction. And that won't be long tonight, because there's really one, bit, one point, and I want to make sure I make that one point at the end. God, God was in control all the time, whether there's rain or not rain. He's still in control, by the way, whether there's rain or not rain. We sure need some rain, Lord, in this country right now. And in chapter 19, verses, verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets of the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow and about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. He, a one woman scared him to death. Amen? Fire coming out of heaven didn't scare him, but one woman scared him to death. And he travels 120 miles pretty quickly. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. I'm rereading. At Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. Now listen. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. 
I mean, here is a prophet, a man of God, that's seen one of the greatest victories of, in all, of all time. He saw God annihilate and do away with the prophets of Baal, completely burn up an altar, fire come down out of heaven, and now he's discouraged and depressed, and he wants to quit. Have you ever been there? Most all of us in here, we've seen God work in our lives. We've seen God answer our prayers. We've seen God heal. We've seen God provide. We've, got, we've seen God protect us and take care of us. Yet there's times when we reach a place we'd like to, in our mind, we come to a place, I'd just like to quit. Maybe you've thought it. I know I have, and I haven't done it. Of course, some of these thoughts come from the wicked one, and we'll discuss that. But I thought about, I ought not just go to church. I ought to just quit. I ought to just quit listening to the Bible. I ought to quit reading the Bible. Just can't do it, though. Quit listening to the sermons. You know, one time I, I had a, before I got saved, I had a bad habit of chewing some more stuff called tobacco. And I quit it. God enabled me to quit it. But you know, a couple years after that, I got to the point where I thought, well, I ought to be able to enjoy a few things as a Christian. That didn't work out too well. I tried it. God broke my whole mouth out in ulcers. I may have told you that story. But I'm just telling you, there's no time to quit serving God. There's no time to quit devotion to God. There's no time to quit praying. There's no time to quit reading our Bibles. There's no quit time to quit going to church. There's just no time to quit leaning on Jesus and looking to Jesus and following Jesus. It's not time. Elijah thought maybe it's time. The devil wants to sift us. He wants to snare us. He wants to fool us. He wants to devour us with clever devices. He sends fiery darts into our minds and tries to get us off the path. Satan put fear in Elijah's heart through Jezebel. It can happen to any of us. It can happen, it's happened to me. God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. But there's been times in my life when fear has struck my heart. Something happened or somebody said something. Somebody did something. <clears throat> and fear struck my heart. If you were honest, most of you out there somewhere have had the same thing. Maybe it had to do with health. Maybe it had to do with finances. Maybe it had to do with one of your kids. But fear struck your heart. The devil likes that. He, he likes to poke us with fear, try to get us down, try to get us away. I don't like it. And if it happens to me, I fight it. Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus Christ. For God hath not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and a power and a sound mind. I fight it. Elijah wasn't ready to fight it. It got him down. It got him depressed. See? We look here at chapter, in chapter 19, verse... <clears throat> Five, and as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, 
Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was cake, bacon, and coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. The devil was after our hides. The devil was after his hide, but God was for him. God, the devil hates me. He hates you, but, he, but God loves us and cares for us. The devil wants to destroy you, but God wants to help you and encourage you. Elijah, more or less, was saying, what's the use? What's the use? Well, the use is, God said, my, my word that goeth forth will not return void. That's the use. God's still got a message for us. He still got a use for us. And he still had a use for Elijah. I want to give you another example. Keep your hand right here, and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> Look at verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, that will shake you. Shake you up. God, Satan wants to shake you up. And I want to say to you out there tonight, Satan wants to shake you up. But don't let him shake you up. Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. God's greater. Don't let Satan get the advantage of you. He goes on to say here, Jesus does, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. When you're, when you're changed, when you, when you get through this, what you're fixing to go through, you don't even understand what you're fixing to go through. See, we don't know what, what lies ahead, but God does. And God is, God is able to take care of us, even with us not knowing. Now look here, it says, But I, I prayed for thee. That, and go to verse 33. And he said... Unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Peter was puffed up. Peter said, I'll never, I'll never fail you. I won't, I won't back off. I'm for you, Lord. I'll protect you, Lord. And the Lord says, you don't understand, Peter. The Lord knew what Peter was about to do. And if we look over the, my page here, the, verse, the same chapter, uh, verse 54, it says, And they took him and led him away, led him and brought him to the high priest, and Peter followed far. And you know the story that Peter followed, and Peter there denied the Lord three times. See, he didn't think he would. But Satan was after his hide. Satan wanted to destroy him. Satan wanted to bring him down. But Jesus prayed for him. And even though he, he denied the Lord three times, look at verse 60. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord 
how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know what? I think Peter thought right there, I'm done. He looked at the Lord, and the Lord looked at him, and he wept bitterly. And then we, if you go to, I'm not going to, if you go to John chapter 21, you find out there that, that Peter said, I go fishing. I've had it. Some of the other disciples followed him. I go fishing. They fished all night. Didn't catch anything, did they? They come back to the shore. They're about to the shore, and they look. Jesus is on the shore, and he's got fish for them to eat. And that's where you get the story of, Lovest thou me more than these, Peter? See, Peter had failed. Peter had messed up. The devil had shook him. The devil had sifted him. But God wasn't through with him. You find on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached, and 3,000 souls were saved. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter how the devil has tried to destroy you, no matter how he's gotten you to fail sometimes, and we've all failed at times in our Christian life, God will help you. God wants to encourage you. God will lift you up. We find out on the day of Pentecost that Peter preached and 3,000 souls were saved. God wasn't through with him. God ain't through with you. No matter how many times you fail, you fall, get back up and go again. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. God is for you and God is with you and God is in you. Elijah thought he was done too. Look back there at chapter 19. Faith was he that called you who also do it. Remember that verse. We don't serve God by our strength. We serve God by his strength. Elijah was wore out. And I remember as a pastor, I don't know if any of you other retired pastors for that are this way, but many times when I was pastoring, it seemed like I could have a great Sunday, Monday morning, I wanted to quit. <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's weird we just, we're human we're weak at least I am I need God we go on here and we see that he was wore out and he sat down underneath a juniper tree but God fed him God gave him cake to eat and water to drink. God nourished him. When you get weak, when you get down, let me encourage you, go back to the Word of God. Go back to God's Word and read it. Study it. Eat it. Drink it. It's the water. It's the food. It's what you need. You know, the Lord said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You want to find help when you're down? Learn of Him. Draw nigh to Him. He will draw nigh unto you. Not only did it, 
he feed him, but he touched him. And God has touched me many times and encouraged me when I got down to get back up and go again. He touched him not only once, but he touched him twice. And I'm glad he did it many times. He doesn't just touch us once or touch us twice, but he touches us many times to encourage us and help us and strengthen us. Have you been there? I, I, I say you have. Look at verse 8. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. I don't see anywhere there where God tells him to go to Horeb. Sometimes we go where we want to go because we think we need to go. Or we think that's God's will, but God hadn't said nothing. We need to get on our knees and make sure we're where God wants us to be. We'll see that in just a moment. Verse 9, And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What doest thou here? Why are you here? I, I think he's saying, Why did you come all the way down here? This long journey. Because he's discouraged. He's wore out. He's not sure what to do. He's been fed. He's been prepared for a journey. But you need to make sure when you're in the journey of life that you're seeking the Lord's will and not your own. What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with a sword, and even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now all those things are true except one. You know, he says, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. God, Lord God of hosts, that's true. For the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant. True. They have thrown down the altars. True. They slain the prophets. That's true. And I, even I only, are left. And they seek my life to take it away. Yeah, they seek, they're seeking his life. Jezebel wants to kill him. But he ain't the only one left. That's where he's mistaken. See, sometimes we get to thinking we're alone. We think we're the only one serving God or... We're the only one in our house serving God. My husband's not faithful, or, or the wife's not faithful, or I'm having trouble getting the kids to go to church. Whatever the problem is, we're not alone. We'll see that in a minute. Verse 11, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Sometimes God does things to get our attention. Not necessarily speaking to us through those, that medium, but He's trying to get our attention. Back when I was a young man and uh, had gotten out of church, been, I've, I've given my testimony here, I ain't going to give the whole thing, but we... We, I'd gotten out of church. Me and Sherry got married. We'd we done our own thing, we, you know. And uh, 
for about seven years we'd gotten out, but our marriage was going haywire. It was messed up. Raising Eric and Danny was messed up. I wouldn't have been a very good father and so on and so forth. Well, we know where the answers are when we've been raised in the church. Amen? The answer is God. The answer is the Word of God. If you want God's blessings, you obey God. You follow God. Well, we tried to go to church a little bit, in and out. And uh, one day I was out working with a welder, and I think I've told you all this. I'll retell it anyway. We were hooking up a tank battery to a was mother tank battery, no oil fill. All went as a noise. Whoop! The welder had struck his torch, and there was gas coming from somewhere. And that tank we were about to hook up blew up, went up over the walkway, back down on a two and a half ton welding truck, and crushed it. I knew. I I just knew that sound was anyway. I had took off. The Lord had to be in it. I took off, ran just as fast as I could run. I did not get hurt. I did not get injured. God's hand had to be upon me because they found metal everywhere, shrapnel. What I'm saying is God allows certain things to happen sometimes to get our attention. We were playing at getting back in church. We were playing at trying to get our family fixed up. We were not serious as we should, but God got my attention. He blew up a tank right in front of me. If it had blew out the front side instead of the back side, it would have killed us. It blew out the back side. As it says here, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, the fire, a small, a still, small voice. You ever heard that voice? Sometimes we hear it, you're a sinner, you're lost, you need to get saved. Sometimes we hear it, you're saved, but you're in sin. You have rebelled, you have backed up, and I have no pleasure in you. Get right with God, that small, still voice. Sometimes we hear it when we're about to make a decision on finances. <laughs> I remember buying a car one time, I heard it all night long. I heard it, don't buy that car. In fact, that, that noise got a little, instead of a quiet voice, got a little louder all the time. Don't buy that car. You know what I did? I bought that car. And then I wished I hadn't bought that car. Any of y'all ever experienced something like that? Yeah, God talks to us, doesn't he? The Holy Spirit talks to us. Pray without ceasing. Seek God's voice. We hear that small, quiet voice. We go on here and it says, verse 13, And it was so that Elijah heard it, 
that he wrapped his face in his, his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there was a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Why are you here, Elijah? I'm sure he's still, he's still not sure why he's here. God wants us to know his will in our lives. He wants to direct our path. Trust in the Lord and lean not to thy own understanding. He will direct your path. Amen? The world sometimes directs us through circumstances. Sometimes we direct ourselves through good or bad decisions. God has sometimes directed us, but it, even in the worldly decisions and self-decisions, God is always in the background. God wants to direct us and put us where he wants us. I know for myself, I, I thought I ought to go to Bible college at one time, but God opened the door for me to go and be an associate at a little church in the Kona. And that was a better way for me to go in my, in my circumstances. God opens the door where he wants you. And he can direct your path. You need to spend time in prayer and asking him what he wants. Why are you here? Wherever you're at this, this night, where, why are you here? Why are you working where you're working? Why are you going to church where you're going to church? Well, my Bible says God has placed you here. Amen? Or you wouldn't be here. God directs our path through, our, through blessings and through trials. God will direct your path and my path. Seek his face. Go to him. Verse 13, verse 14 says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life and take it away. He still hadn't got the right attitude. He still hadn't quite got it. Sometimes I find myself there. God has spoke to me. God has spoke to me through his word. He, I prayed and I sought his face, but I just don't quite get it sometimes. What do you want, Lord? Where do you want me, Lord? Why did you let this happen, Lord? Why are you allowing that? Some things we'll never know. Some things we will. Why am I here? Well, I know why I'm here. Because I needed to be here. And God worked out every instance in my life so that I could be here. He sold my place in Oklahoma through a last minute thing. Got me extra money out of the deal, even. God did it. God found me a place right where I was praying to get me. See, God, why am I here? God put me here. Why are you here? God put you here. Why are you working where you're working? Because God put you there. 
He wants to use you there also. Look at verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. What was his directions? What was his instructions? <laughs> well, why are you here? You're not sure why you're here? Go back where you started. Now, in my mind, as I said it, I don't see anywhere where he necessarily told him to go to the mountain. It kind of reminds me of when Abraham left the promise, when God was directing him into the promised land, and then he went on down to Egypt. He went on down there and ruined his testimony, got in trouble, lied. What does the Bible say when he, get, when he finally kind of came to himself? He went back to the altar where he had been. He went to the place where he had been. And that's what God's telling Elijah to do. Go back where you had, were when I, after I got through feeding you, after I got through giving you water, after I got through touching you. Go back. Don't be scared of Jezebel. Don't be scared of the devil. Serve the Lord. Go to the Lord. Seek his power. Seek his strength. Go back. If you're not where you are to be in your relationship with God, go back. Your fellowship ain't sweet. It's not, I ain't sweet. I, that's my English. If it's not sweet, then get along with the Lord tonight. Spend time with the Lord tonight. That's one thing I like about my, my place that I have out there, and it's, it's just me and my dogs. Every morning I can spend several hours just praying and reading. And it's quiet. Quiet. How many of y'all have a place that's quiet? Well, get you some of those ear deals that's not quiet. Amen? And find time to be with the Lord. Look at verse 15. I'm about finished. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be the prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elijah slay. Now listen to this. You get the idea that you're alone. You get the selfish idea that you think you're the only one serving God, or you're the only one in your family that's right. You're the only one that's listening to God. Listen to what God tells Elijah here, because Elijah still had the wrong idea about this. He says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Elijah, you're not alone. Now let me make this statement too. Not only did he have 7,000 that were still serving God also, but he had God. He felt all alone. He was depressed, discouraged, because he felt all alone. Maybe you feel depressed, discouraged at times. You're not alone. Young people, you have your parents. 
Wives, you have your husbands. Husbands, you have your wives. But most of all, you got God. I've experienced this some. Anybody that's lost, lost a loved one, anybody's lost a husband, a wife, or a child, and I've lost all of the above at one time or another. There's times when you feel depressed, you feel discouraged, you feel all alone, you feel like, what's the use? When that happens, you've got to get with God. Elijah, even though he had a great victory, he still felt like, I've had it, I'm alone, I'm, I, 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 let me out of here. And God said, Elijah, there's 7,000 out there that are serving me too, not just you. And you got me too. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. Let's all stand. I hope I made some sense out of all that. Let's bow our heads and we'll pray and we'll have a short invitation. Maybe you need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to seek God's face tonight. God's here. He's in this building. He's, he knows your feelings. He knows your hurts. He knows your pains. He knows your desires. You need to come to Him. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for opportunity to preach. Lord, I pray that you'll just use these words to help us and encourage us. And Lord, lead us. There's someone here tonight that's hurting. May they come to you and find the assistance they need, the encouragement they need. There's someone here that's, not, that's lost tonight. May they come and ask you to be saved, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.